I was helping out my dad do some yard work. And after I finished, I started drinking a beer in the shower, which I didn't start doing until we talked about it. That's until... great, by the way. Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a great, and it's even better when you have like a high quality beer, like, like oh, yeah. craft beer. And I just, dude, but I was just working all day and I was drinking while I was working. And I don't know if you've ever done it, but like, like I wouldn't recommend like if you're doing woodwork and you're using a saw i wouldn't recommend it but if you're doing something that's not dangerous dude it's so fucking yeah, funny because you might chop off your hand or some shit like right that, right know? welcome everybody to a second episode of thinking twice a post-grat life podcast from a multicultural lens i'm your host jesus aleman and today's episode is moving Specifically moving to a new city for a job. So today's guest is one of my friends and co-workers, uh, Alonzo Perez. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing today, man? Doing well. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I, as soon as I was starting, I mean, I was talking to you about the podcast, so you were, you were there when I was brainstorming right, this. Right, right. So it's finally here, man. I it's, know, and I'm honored to be the first guest. Dude, so thank for you. For sure, man. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. So I actually met Alonzo the first day of of my job, and, and you were moving from? From Missouri. From Missouri, right? right. Uh, what was the city again? So I went to school, and I worked in Springfield, Missouri. Springfield. For, oh, God, like the last seven years. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, well, before moving to Houston, right? Right, right. Yeah, because so, I've been there for a while. Yeah, so uh, before we get started, let's let's uh, let everyone get to know you a little bit. Uh, so can you tell tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, where are you from? Your alma mater, major, minor, and uh, kind of the career field you're in and your role. Sure. So obviously we work together, right? So we're in the field of advertising, and that's exactly what I did in in college. I majored in in marketing with an emphasis in advertising. I went to Missouri State University. Uh, that's where, I mean, I grew up in Missouri, right? So it, it made sense to go to Missouri state. I, I loved every second of it, you know, right. uh, the people I met. And then I think whenever I got to deciding on major, cause I was undeclared for the longest time. Cause I was like, I don't know what the hell I want to do with my life. Right. Oh, so man. I'm just like, yeah. all right, well, I'll just play, play the classes until I find something I like. And then I took a marketing class and I fell in love and then I'm like advertising. That's exactly what I want to do. Kept going with it, you know, took some creative advertising classes, took copywriting, took uh, more advanced classes, advanced marketing, et cetera, all that great marketing, advertising stuff, right? And then I was like, this this shit's for me, you know? This is probably the best decision I could have ever made, and I was oh, just dude. a kid, you know? I agree, man. That's that's how I was. Yeah, and I mean, since then, I, I, I did a couple, I competed... In college, we won first place in some tournament, right? And that was like, all right, this is... I think that solidified that this is where I needed to be, and the rest is history. And here right. I am in Houston. Yeah. Here you are in Houston. Yeah. Wow. That's great, man. So, yeah, it was really funny. We we met each other in the lobby, and I was coming from Austin. You were coming from Missouri. Right. Um, wow. So we'll, we'll get into the topic real quick, but uh, right before we do, let's just uh, talk some current events, because there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, what are your thoughts on this coronavirus, man? It's it's, it's a not, crazy thing, you yeah. know, because like you would think that it's just something that's affecting like China, but no, it's like fucking worldwide, it's, right? Like it's starting to get scary. Yeah. Like I mean, it is scary, but I mean, when I first heard it, you know, because I, I I I remember the swine flu exactly. That was, yeah, that was, that was like ten years ago too. Right. You know? I was in high school. I was a senior. Wow. 
but are, are you, are you, is, it, is it time to panic yet? Because I, I, I know we see like there's been cases in the U.S., but then they're all like, oh, no, it was false or it was negative. Right. Uh, but I saw this weekend on the news that France announced their the first death like outside of China. <laughs> so like now it's like. It's officially spreading, right? <clears throat> yeah. No, it's. I don't I, know. See, I, I, I don't know if this is just like the way that I, my mind works, you know, but like I'm hearing all these companies being affected by the coronavirus and I'm just like, oh, shit, like that sucks, you know, like economically. But then also all these people that are suffering, right? Like that's yeah. And just the way that China works. First of all, just the way that China works, because like uh, I think a week or two ago, they, they built a hospital in 10 days. Yeah, I saw the time lapse for that. That's insane. Which is crazy, you know. Yeah. Are your parents worried about it? Do they, they, they call you and they're like, cuidate del virus? Or? Honestly, I don't, we haven't talked about it. No. Yeah. I, th- I don't think my parents have brought it up either. Yeah. But I know some, some, like, some of my friends are all like freaking out about it, like yeah. when it was barely happening, you know. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I think people will start panicking once it hits the U.S. Right. I think that's what's going to happen. Right. But it's just... It's it's scary, but I don't I don't know. I mean, conspiracy theorists are probably like, like this is it's it. by the government, right? <laughs> it's it's by the government to kill us all and end of the world. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it is scary because you don't know if it's ever going to reach, us, especially like a city like Houston, right? Because it's a massive we have city. like it's a, first of all, it's a massive city, a whole bunch of diversity within the city, and so like all the traveling that happens, and you just never know. It's on yeah, one it's, flight, it's carried on by one person, and. It's spreads, man. I try. I try not to think about. It. I'm trying to stay healthy, and I'm hoping this coronavirus gets gets uh, taken care of, and hopefully there's a cure. I I I will say that I, I I've been seeing like a lot of memes and all that, and some of them are funny, but some of them are just wrong. Like yeah. you don't. That's not an excuse for making fun of someone's culture. No, right. It sucks because I mean. It's humorous, right? But you're like at the same time you're like, no, this is so bad. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not laughing. You I, know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, and then uh, the other, com- I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I, because, you know, we work, we work in an advertisement and marketing. And I don't know if it's true, but I heard that the Corona beer sales have gone down because of that. I don't yeah. know. I don't, what are people thinking? That beer is going to give you a virus? I, I don't know. I mean, the, the name's there, you know. So right. like, people probably think that it's associated with it or it was manufactured. I don't know. People's knowledge, even though the internet exists, is not always that great you know right. so everybody's gonna make assumptions or think that they know everything so yeah sucks for corona though it, it really does <laughs> uh what else happened this weekend oh the nba all-star that's uh, right it was big it was big did you, you did you get to watch it or so i did it watch it i okay. kept up with it uh on twitter though that's what i did too yeah i know someone got robbed out of the slam dunk contest but i don't i don't i don't remember who it was I saw the video too. He jumped over a, the tallest NBA basketball player. And, oh wow! But he still lost, and apparently they're blaming Dwayne Wade. But again, I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't watch anything. The only thing I did watch was the Kobe tribute, though. Right. So okay. there, apparently there was a tribute to Kobe with uh, Jennifer Hudson. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I this. I mean, it was is pretty touching. I just. I. I mean, I didn't know the song or anything. I don't know if it was her song or if it was a remake or something. You know. Right. But it, it was really good. Yeah, I, heartfelt. I think the whole uh, NBA All Star uh, paid tribute to the um, the Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah, I know they were wearing like the patches and and stuff. But uh, I mean, 
Kobe was such an influence, man. Yeah. It really shook the world when when he passed away. Yeah, I, I think when I first heard it, it was just kind of like, I was in disbelief. You're like, whoa. Like, yeah, I, I was shocked. Right. I I was like, what? You're kidding. You're like, well, let me reread that tweet one more time. You yeah. Know? Especially when, because I read it from a friend who said R.I.P. Kobe, and I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? You know, and I reread it, and then I looked at whatever was trending, and sure enough, there goes a R.I.P. Kobe trending, so. Yeah, man. It's... It's it's so sad. Um, I I you know I, I've been trying to stay away from sports because I'm an Astros fan and my team is getting so much shit right now. Yeah, not a good time to be an Astros fan right now. <sighs> not a great time. Um, but here's one last current event topic that I saw that I thought was interesting. And uh, at first, you know, I thought it was mostly like a Houston thing, but uh, JJ Watt got married and it's been getting a lot of national attention. So. Are you are you a fan of JJ Watt? I do like JJ Watt. You he's, know, honestly, I didn't know about him too much until I moved to Houston. He's a hero here. Yeah, like people, people love, love him. him here. Yeah, and I've learned to love him. You know, he's great. He because he just hosted SNL, which I never thought would have happened. Right, right. So and, that, that's how you know he's like nationwide popular. Right, right. you're like holy shit, it's JJ Watt. You know, and <laughs> the show is pretty funny. Yeah, it was really. Good. Yeah. I like the Frozen uh, commercial that they made. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really great. Yeah, and I think he's he's. I think, I don't know, I mean, obviously he's not an actor, right? But, like, you could just tell that he, it was a sketch, you know? Right, like He right. was just funny. Like, he's just a funny guy. Yeah. Uh, but getting married, what would you think about him getting married? He, I think he's 33. Is that a good age to get married? Maybe a little young, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, you know, he kept it, like, his career, his social life was pretty low-key, so I thought that right. was really interesting. And then he got married out of nowhere, well, like, I didn't know he got married until you told me. Right, right. Yeah, when I walked in and yeah. I told you. And you know, I, I'm one, I'm disappointed because I didn't get invited. Right. Right. You know, Naturally. I, yeah, I didn't get my invitation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, I wasn't disappointed. I was actually really happy for the guy. He's he's done a lot of good work and you know. Yeah, good for him. He he really is a hero at Houston, you know, so, very well, yeah. well thought of. So, you know, congratulations, JJ Watt, if you're listening. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the topic. Um so again, we're going to be talking about moving, and specifically, uh, you know, making a career move to a new city. So, Alonzo, can you talk talk to us and tell us um, tell us about uh, you know what were some of the reasons uh, or what were some of the some motives that that made you decide to leave uh, Springfield and and mm-hmm. kind of just close that chapter of your life. Man, that was a an interesting an interesting time in my life for sure. You know, I think wh- whenever I was in school, so uh, first of all, where I where my first job was at was where I went to school, right? So I was going to school and then working part time the last year and a half that I was going to school, right? So like I already had a job and it was a really good job. You know, it, it was in advertising and marketing, which I loved, uh, but I think. You know, like, there comes a point in your life when you look at your surrounding, you know, you look at where you're at and you look at all the potential that you see in yourself and you and you think to yourself, okay, well, if I see myself being great and where I'm at doesn't necessarily offer that, then I think it's to rethink where I'm at and, and just kind of take that leap of faith. You know, I think it's, and it's scary, you know, it's definitely scary. I think uh, living in Springfield, I was very comfortable. Right. You know, right. and I think that's where a lot of people are at. You know, it's very comfortable to be in the place that you know, where you know the people, you know, your families there, your friends are there that you've known your whole life. And 
it's just it's comforting to know that they're all there and so like even the thought I, I mean i remember the last six months that i was there just like even the thought of moving like kept me up at night you know oh, and, yeah. like i would wake up in cold sweat i'm just like what the fuck <clears throat> is going on you know like why am i like what why why am i doing this you know right. but i think i don't know if i was just like mentally preparing subconsciously or something you that, know that's how that's how i was right before graduation because i didn't want to stay in my college town. exactly so i was like i gotta make a move one yeah. way or another yeah and that's how i was too you know like in in my college town like it, it was a great town you know i can't complain i love the people there i love the nightlife i think i made lifelong friends there and you know because after i graduated a lot of my friends from college moved you know because they didn't want to stay in their college town but I, I stayed back just because of the job that i had and and at the time, it was something that I really liked and I really wanted to keep moving forward with. But at, at a certain point, like I said, you know, you just have to think that, oh, I I can do a little bit better, you know, slowly work my way up. And, and, and if the city or this town doesn't offer it, then you got to go. I got to go. Yeah. Wow. And so why why Houston? What was it about Houston that made you come here? What attracted you to Houston? Or, or you know, or, or what was also, I guess, to add on to that, what was like, what were you looking for? Mm. You know, like was like Chicago in mind, New York, or yeah. So I mean, I I think one of the reasons why I stayed up and got cold sweats during my sleep was because of deciding where to move. You know, but Houston honestly had always been on my radar since before I even graduated because I knew of this agency where we work now, right? And I knew that that's somewhere where I wanted to end up just because of like everything that they've they had to offer and that they've done in right. the past, you know, so I'm like, okay, that's good. And so a couple years ago before I moved, uh, I came and visited my friend. Um, and then we just hung out. She showed me around the city and I'm like, Hmm, I, I can see myself living here. You yeah. Know? And that's, that's a really big, big shift because you oh, went yeah. from a small town. To... <clears throat> yeah. And you know, Springfield's small. Uh, well, I mean, compared to Houston, it's tiny, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it has like 150,000 people. So yeah. to me, oh, wow. so I, I come from a smaller town. You know, like where I grew up, I grew up in a town with 7,000 people. Wow. So moving to Springfield with 150,000 people was like moving, you know, maybe from like Austin to Houston, you know, to, to yeah. Yeah. you know, compare it to something. And that to me was a huge change. But then moving to Houston was like a completely different experience because I had never lived in a city this big, you know, just like. Right, right thinking about all the traffic and like all the people. I remember the first time I went to a grocery store, I was like, what the fuck? Why are there so many people? You know, just like, like go home, like let me shop in peace, you know, cause right. that's what, that's what happens in a small town. You know, I remember the first time I went back to my hometown and we went to a grocery store and I was like, I just looked around and I'm like, damn, like the apocalypse happened. Like, why is it Where's so quiet? Out? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like, like the people too, right. Cause it's Houston is, is one of the most diverse cities in the world. It's a, it's a, cultural hub i think it's the, oh, the yeah. city of like a hundred and plus languages oh yeah i How mean was it, that? it was a complete culture shock right like yeah i think in southwest missouri you get a certain type of person right that's lived there their entire life you know not a lot of people come to springfield and 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 live in springfield you know they're like oh i'm gonna move to springfield missouri you know so i think the the people that are there have always been there they have family there right so coming to houston and seeing all the diversity and seeing you know just the the, the people with higher income, the people with lower income, and just, like, thinking to myself, like, where do I fit in? You know, like, do I fit in with the people in, in River Oaks, you know, or do I fit in with the people up north? You know, right. and I, I think also because I'm, you know, I'm Mexican, I'm Latino, so it's like, 
uh, I don't, I don't really know where I belong, but that's the beauty of Houston, you know, because like there's so much diversity. It's, it's almost like color, like race doesn't matter, which it shouldn't, you know, but I feel like that's, that's definitely more prominent here in Houston. That's, uh, yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, so what did, what did your family think though? When you, when you told them, Hey, I think I'm going to pack it up and head down South to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) So when I interviewed for the job, uh, they were like, okay, you know, like, yeah, he got an interview for a job. But then when I told him that I, cause they, so the company flew me down to Houston to, to interview. Right. And at that point they were like, holy shit, this guy's serious. You know, like he's, he's not trying to stay. Like if he's flying out, like he's, he's definitely trying. Deal. Yeah. It's like, it's the real deal. Like he's trying to do something. And I remember as soon as I accepted the job offer, uh, my sister obviously congratulated me, but then later on she told me that she cried because she's like, oh, well, shit, like, my brother's leaving, you know? Oh, and, man. <laughs> and right before I moved, my mom got sick, and oh. then she, you know, there, there's this, emotionally, like, I, I think it also makes you sick. Like, when you're so sad, like, obviously your immune system just, like, goes down. Goes down. Right. And so she, on top of her being sick, she was sad, so it got even worse, and then she just, oh, she was sick the entire last week, so she was just sad entire time i think my dad was a little bit more understanding because he was um he's an immigrant right like he was born and raised in mexico but he decided to make a better life of himself to move to the united states and left all all his family behind you where's, know, like, where's uh, your your family from so mexico um the state of zacatecas okay you know so it's it's a huge a huge shift for him too you know? right, right well obviously yeah. my mom too but i mean more my dad because he was the first one here and and i think he understood because he left his mom you know his 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 parents oh, okay. his brothers and sisters yeah, yeah. all of that and then but he was young you know he was like 12 and so that i think that's he understood it more because i was what like 24 right. 23 24 when i moved so he was like, oh, no, like, he's a big boy. You know, he's got it. Yeah. You know? And I think my mom was like, my poor baby, like, he's moving, like, 500 miles away, and yeah. I'm never going to see him. Because you got moved, right, from from your house to college. Right, yeah. So, I, I mean, I haven't lived at home since I moved out my freshman Oof. year, you know. It's and, been a while. And I think also for Latino families, that's not very common. It's not. You know? I think that was, that was even that was hard on my mom, just, like, moving an hour away, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but just the fact that I wasn't in the house it was a complete shift in our family dynamic, you know, because as a Latino, you're kind of expected to live at home until either you get married or I don't know, you have a kid or do something, Something, you know, or sometimes you even have to move in with your family. Exactly. You're right. right. Some some families are like that. Some, some aren't. Yeah. You know, and it just depends on the family. Right. But I, I I think as soon as I moved out, I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is the last time I'm going to live with my parents. You know? So I, I moved out, went to college. I lived in the dorms for a couple of years, which was nice, obviously, because I met a lot of people. Right, right. And then I got my first apartment, and I think that's where I was like, holy shit, I'm, I think I'm an adult, you know? <laughs> you know, and like, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to go back, though. What do like, I do? Yeah, yeah. I remember the, I remember the first night of my apartment, I cried, because I'm like, I have to feed myself. You know, shit. like I can't go down to the dining room and just like stuff my face with pizza and fries. You right, know, like right. I have to either cook something or and then you buy get something. Yeah, you no, miss yeah. Mexican food. You miss. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, see, and that happened even during my freshman year. You know, I was, I was like, I don't know what this shit is. You know, like I miss <laughs> my mom's enchiladas and all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, yeah, yeah. I think that that's something that probably a lot of listeners can relate to. Um, okay, so so you got the job interview. Correct. And you accepted the offer. So now it's coming down. It's getting real. 
What were some of the the first steps you had to uh, to do to to prepare your big move to Houston? I think because that's a lot of the questions. Because like when mm-hmm. I when I ask people, would you live somewhere else? And they're always like, well, I don't know where to live. I don't know what to do. So, what were your some of uh, your first steps? Well, I think the first step is is deciding if you're content with where you're at. You know, I think in the long run, what are your long term goals, and and whether where you're at, if you want to stay comfortable. Or if you want to be uncomfortable, you know, and I'm and then I'm the type of person that prefers to be uncomfortable because whenever I'm uncomfortable, I know that I'm doing something right, you know, because when I'm comfortable, it's just like um, when I'm comfortable, it's it's nothing new, right? you know, so I think the first step is, is knowing whether you're comfortable or uncomfortable. But I mean, more tactically speaking, I think it's, first of all, cleaning up your resume. You know, making sure your resume looks really nice. Okay. I think having the resume in tip-top shape. Uh, I could go on about resumes. Like I can. I could be another episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Like I could murder a resume. We could do a, I could do it for fun. <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna send you my resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we could do be a podcast. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you'll probably cry, but I mean, uh, oh. it, it'll be nice. <laughs> so it, it's knowing that, um, getting you know your resume, and it sounds a little cliche. Nice. Got to get a little light refreshment. My turn. Mm, that sounded good, man. You know, and, and it sounds a little cliche, but honestly, LinkedIn is is really where I, I started, you know, looking for jobs. Because I, I think that's, that's also where you kind of get to know the people that are behind those job descriptions, right? right? Like those positions that are open. Like, okay, who is actually posting this? Like, which team would I actually work on? And so that, that's exactly what I did. I was like, okay, if I want to work at this agency, I'm going to see who works there and who I can reach out to. So Who's I literally it, yeah. reached, I, I reached out to probably f- maybe four people, like just requested them. And then if they accepted my request, I would reach out to them and be like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm, I'm trying to work here. What do, you, what do you got to offer? And I remember, so my current boss, I reached out to her via LinkedIn too. Not knowing who she was, I'm like, oh, she's got a big title. Like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say hi. <laughs> Shoot your shot. Yeah. yeah, and I did. She and I sent her a message. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm Alonzo Perez. I'm looking for something new in my life. You know, I want to get into the advertise, like the real agency advertising field. You know, I'm. I didn't ask her for mentorship, but I was. I implied it. You know, I'm like, do you have any recommendations for or any advice on on what my next step should be? Uh, she didn't respond. Uh, which but, which would usually happen, right? Right, that's natural, so that's, completely that's natural. So I, I I wasn't hurt or anything. I was like, eh, you know, she's busy because link. Honestly, the last thing after looking at the way that people work, the last thing people focus on is their LinkedIn during work, right? Right. Um, but no, I mean, after I after I reached out to her, I I sent in my resume, my cover letter. Oh yeah, you have to have a, a beautiful cover letter, by the way. That like that's really where you can sell yourself. Um, but then I sent that out, and then I guess she told the HR recruiter that I had reached out to her via LinkedIn, and then that's when they called me for an interview, and yeah, wow. that's how it went. So I think even if you reach out via LinkedIn and don't get a response, you're on their radar. You yeah. know, like they saw your name. They know, yeah, you're popping up. Right. As long as you see that they saw your message, you're on their radar somehow, you know, but it has to be uh, an enticing message for them to react somehow, wow. you know. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, clean up your resume have a great cover letter and i think the the beauty of the cover letter is that you can really be yourself as opposed to the resume where yeah you can be yourself but it's more about your your professionalism right right and your cover letter like you can show a little bit more personality 
And so that's exactly what I did and sent him a cover letter, resume, reached out via LinkedIn. And then, oh, also on your cover letter, make sure to have uh, the recruiter's name on there. Because if you just say, dear, to whom, to whom it may concern, concern right? right? Like, no, that, that I'm going to throw that in the trash. You yeah, know, that's, that's shit. I, I would usually like, when I was first applying, I would put like the company's name. So dear, I don't know, GSDNM team. But <laughs> I never thought of that, honestly. Yeah, but that's good. It, you know, yeah, it, it, it's it's better than to whom, to whom I may concern, yeah. right? Because that shows no personality. It just shows like, oh, yeah, here's my cover letter. But the one that, GS, for example, GSDNM got, everyone else also got, you know? So it doesn't right. even show like you showed initiative to make the effort to change something, you know, to personalize it for them. Because that's yeah. what they're looking for, you know? Yeah. So let, let's let's talk logistics, though. So, mm-hmm. so you're coming here, you you... You made up your mind. Houston's Houston's the way to go. How did how did you go about like living situations? Uh, you know all those those great logistics. Uh. Man, the beauty of <clears throat> yeah. No, I mean that, that 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 was honestly really scary because so I think, I, I think that's what scares a lot of oh, people. Oh yeah. I remember when I was living in California, and I was telling uh, the girl I was dating at the time. You know. We're not together. Plot twist. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We're not. We're not together anymore. Hope she's not listening. <laughs> no, but she like like I remember when 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 I was living in California, I was like, you just got to move out here. And she's right. like, what do you mean move out? Like, what the hell do I do? And I think that's a lot of like a lot of people think about it. Like, what do I do? Do I just put everything in my car and get the hell out? Or yeah, I don't know. So yes and no. You know, I think I had I had my friend down here. Like I said um, a while ago, I had my friend down here. So I was already like in a good place to 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 crash with someone, right? So I would say reach out to to someone you you may know. Yeah, to someone you may know. You know, even if it's like, hey, let, can I crash on your couch for like a week or two until I I settle down or like find a place of my own? Because that's exactly what I did. I was like, hey, like um, I'm looking to apply in at at this company. Um, they're making me an offer can I crash at your place for a month, you know, cause I, I didn't know how long it was going to take me. So I'm like a month, you know, um, that's the worst case scenario, a month, two months. Right. You know, I think after two or three, you're kind of pushing it, but, <laughs> but so. You said a month. <laughs> exactly. So no, I mean, I think I, I was blessed with, with having a friend here. Uh, but I mean, the whole time I was there though, I was looking for apartments, you know, right. um, had I had more time maybe to, to stay, in Missouri, before I moved to Houston, I wouldn't have needed to stay at my friend's house because I, I could have looked for apartments, you know, close to where I work, you know, do some virtual tours, some shit like right, that. Right, right. So I think that's the first step, you know, if you're moving, if after you've applied, after, you know, you've seen some momentum with the company or the, the place where you're moving, where you want to work, you know, after that, it's like looking for apartments around the area, you know, if you don't want to drive far, especially for a city in Houston, you know, like yeah, I live that's... 15 minutes away from work, you know, but there's no way in hell that I want to live like an hour away, you know, and that's with traffic, you know, so, or that's not with traffic, you know, depending on where you're at. But yeah, I mean, honestly, that's uh, as soon as you know, kind of where you're at, where you're going in terms of your new position, reach out to people. You'd be surprised, I think, at at how willing people are, how how people are willing to help you, you know, especially if it's something for you, you know, just got to explain it, you know, like, hey, like, I'm thinking of moving, you know, I really want to better my life. Like, can you help me out? You know? Right. So, and I think that's something that you can't really repay. Like I, to this day, I haven't paid my friend a cent, you know, cause like, how do you repay someone like that? Something, yeah. Something great like that. Too. Yeah. You know, I know, uh, 
because we like like I mentioned already like two times already we started the same day and I actually moved from Austin the night before that Sunday before we started I drove from from Austin and before I moved though like I did, just didn't pack my shit I I was you know just like you I was like well obviously Houston is my home it's where I grew up and so I didn't want to move back with them, with my parents and so I was looking at options and I was looking at rent. Rent, you know, it's expensive in Houston inside it 16, is. inside 610, sorry. And uh, I was like, shit, man. So I um, so I was looking and I'm like, what am I going to do? I, I I asked some friends. No, I'm lying. I didn't ask no one. I had my friend, as in my dad, I asked my dad. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey man. dads are friends. You yeah, know? They like, are. yeah, they, they are. are. Uh, I asked my dad. I'm like, look. I am applying to this company and they've reached out to me that they're interested in the case that I get hired. Would you be open for me to move back in with y'all? And he said, well, we don't, we don't have an extra room, but you know, you're more than welcome to stay in the couch. Or if you could talk to your brother and see if you could share rooms with anyone, let them know. So I, I did. I actually convinced my two brothers to share rooms with each other and I get the single <laughs> Uh, and but, but but you played the big brother card. I right? played the big brother yeah. card. I did. I had to. I was like, look, man, I'm moving back. Uh, and so little by little, I started transitioning everything to Houston. I didn't have a lot of stuff, so I just I I I, I threw away my bed frame. I threw away my bed, and I just kept. Actually, I didn't even. I don't even think I had a bed frame. I was just sleeping on the because I, I, I had just been, yeah I had just moved to Austin from San Marcos, so I was in Austin for probably two three months. And and I was interning, so I was working two jobs. Uh, but anyway, so I just took the necessities exactly. and 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 slowly but surely, I'm building my room. Yeah, and I mean that's how. Honestly, that's my advice for anyone trying to move. You know, let's say across the country, you know, three four hours away, is maybe just pack up your essentials and then either buy new or buy used. You know, something a little bit less expensive, so that way, because I moved. From Missouri to Houston, it's 10 hours, you know, so like that's a huge move. And like, I obviously was going to have my bed frame, my couch, you know, everything that I had in my Springfield home to my friend's house, you know, so I think obviously depending on your circumstances, right. But I mean, in my case, it was easier for me to just kind of sell everything and then kind of start fresh. Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. But so I I do want to add something to, to finding a place, you know, I think, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that because i think whenever if you're moving to a big city you know you got this offer or, or you're interviewing i think you really need to make sure that and especially in Lati- in the latino community you know because we're not our parents don't teach us this you know like they don't um t- talking about your salary you know negotiating your salary i think that's very important because if, if you're worried about moving to a city and you're like oh shit i'm not gonna have enough money for rent i think that's something that you yeah. need to and- tell your employer like hey you want me to move out here right pay me this amount so and I can you, live comfortably. You, yeah, know? and you might not know the the um, cost of living in there. Exactly. I mean, you can look it up, but sometimes it might be wrong. Oh, man, maybe. I mean, like moving to a city, like city prices are insane. Dude. Insane. Inside 610, it, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. And so 610, for, for all the listeners that don't live in Houston, 610 is like the loop freeway that surrounds the inner city. And that's where all the cool stuff is at, you know. Anything really outside is. 610, yeah. I mean... I. I, I have a joke with my friends that anything outside 610 is the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is, you know, in, in, in you, Houston, yeah. Like, I mean, the Galleria is like right there, but passing the Galleria, like you're in the suburbs. That, yeah. I, I joke around a lot, but 
okay, so so yeah, I think that's that's some good logistics talk. Uh, how long did it take you to get adjusted and kind of just be comfortable in Houston? Because I mean, it's it's a bigger city than than Springfield. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think I think living with my friend, it I was getting adjusted to the city. You know, just like driving back and forth from work, all the traffic. Uh, but I, I didn't feel comfortable with traffic, with like the speed of the city, with you know the amount of people, the amount of. Cl- <laughs> For lack of better terms, clutter, you know, just everywhere. Probably six months in, and I was like, at that point, I was like, okay, like, you got, I, I got this, yeah, you know, like this is fine, this is great, you know. But it takes time. It's not like from one week to another, you're like, oh, I love it here, you know. And but don't get me wrong, I love Houston, you know, and I loved Houston since I visited it. But it's it it's definitely different visiting a city than it is living in that city, right? You right. know, and and that definitely takes time. So the traffic to get used to. So the traffic was one of the things that you had the, to get used to. The traffic, well, yes and no, because there was a lot of traffic in Springfield. It's it, it's a very small town, but it's very it's a hub for right, a right. lot of things, and um, so th- there's traffic. You know, you can be in traffic but for you like mean, 30, 40 minutes. Because I know where you live. You live like in the Galleria area, and that's like yeah. one of the most congested places in. And I didn't know that until I had been living <laughs> there for a couple of months and then everybody at work was like, yeah, dude, the traffic sucks there. What were you thinking? Yeah, and I'm like, no wonder it sucks. So so that that might be something to add to, add to talk about people about the Yeah, yeah, like know what what area you're you're, you're looking. Into. Yeah, like talk to the locals. <laughs> exactly. Like had I known that it was going to be so busy, I probably would have like found an apartment right next to work, you know. Or, yeah, or, or done something. Yeah, yeah. here at, at uh, the Murillo Studios. Shout out to Brian again, helping us out, helping me out with the podcast. Uh, but Brian is literally a block from work, so which I would love to be. It's it's, it's real nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's real nice. I I took that drive. He sent me the address. I'm like, oh, th- like it's right here. <laughs> take a couple steps and I'm there. You know, <laughs> no, but I think yeah, definitely traffic gets, gets a lot. Took me a long time to get used to because. You know, from at my old job, it would take me 10, 15 minutes to get to work, 10, 15 minutes to get back to work right. or back home. And here it, it might take me 15 minutes to get to work, but then catch a bad traffic, you know, like an accident or bad traffic, you know, cluster. And, and you're there for like Dude. 40 minutes oh, to an hour. God. And I'm like, holy shit, I live like a block away. Like, I what know. is going on? And so I have to drive through downtown. And if there's a basketball game or, or something. Oh, <sighs> yeah forget about it forget about it uh, well this this kind of like transition to my my next question which is how's the social scene for you how was it was it hard to make friends was it was it because I, I know there's a lot of questions uh i know sometimes i ask people or people tell me that they want to move to new york or chicago and they don't they don't know they're like oh i'm scared to make new friends i don't know who, i don't know anybody there right so how, how did you uh build your friendships that you have right now i know you mentioned some you already knew friends yeah and then, i mean that's that's uh that's not common for everyone you know i understand that uh, but I, I did have a, a close friend here from that i met in college and you know we we've kept in touch since we graduated. So that, that was a little easier on me. Uh, but aside from that, I think in any city, it's going to be a little tough to uh, to find friends, you know, because Houston's what, like the New York of the South, you know, yeah. and, and people say in New York, it's it's hard to make friends. You don't really go to New York to make friends, you know. Right. And I think Houston is similar to that, but I, 
I think just knowing people at work, like I met you on the first day, you know, right. and you're a native Houstonian. So I've learned so much about Houston just by listening to you speak or like you yeah, we went talk out about to anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. So I'm like, holy shit. Like, I feel like I visited the entire city of Houston that first week I was here, you know, but I, I definitely think if you're moving and, and you have a good job lined up, I think the people at work can really be a good place to start out socially. You know, right. obviously I've, I've, I have a rule to myself that I, I don't like to like. Yeah, you don't like to go out a lot with coworkers, right? Because I, I think to a certain extent, you know, my life is very private, and I don't want everybody at work knowing what I did on a Thursday night. Right, you know? right. Like, I think there's some privacy that I want to that I want to keep a hold of, you right? Know, and right. not let everybody know. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, no. definitely at your own pace. Um, but aside from that, I, I mean. I love to drink, so I just go to bars. <laughs> go I, to bars. I, yeah, go to bars. I, I've met a, a couple of people that I keep in touch with that I've met at bars. Awesome. You know, I think it's especially Houston because Houston has such a beautiful nightlife. You know, it has yeah. a great nightlife for everything, and just going to all the bars, all the different places. It's it's there. You can if you're social enough, you'll you'll find people to talk with. You'll find friends. You'll find something in common with someone. You know, right. I think you just kind of have to. Play by ear, and this is coming from a guy that's like a little socially anxious. You know, like I, I'm, I'm not one there to put myself out there all the time. So it's, it definitely takes time to get used to. But I think you know, just gotta be a little brave. You already moved to a new city, so what do you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I remember in Austin, I would meet friends from my friends that I knew there, and new friendships would blossom from there, and right, and they would just take off. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and like I've met friends through my friend who lived here, you know, and and those friends like I keep in touch with, and like right. we'll hang out, you know. If my, my college friend can't go out, um, I'll go out with their friends, you right. know. Like they're your friends now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're my friends now too. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah I, I think it just depends on on where you move to and how um, extroverted you are and right or right introverted depends, you know. Okay, okay. So uh so you've been here almost what, a year and a half, two years? Uh almost a year and a half, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you do you see yourself living in Houston for a few more years? I do. Yeah. You know, I think Houston has a lot to offer um in terms of everything. I think what I love about Houston is, aside from the diversity, the food, you know. I think oh, the food got, is fantastic. Man, I, they said freshman 15 was bad, but they didn't <laughs> say about, you know, like moving to a new city and then that being like <laughs> an extra 30 pounds, you Eating know. Eating out every day. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, oh man. man, the food is so good. Um, but, I mean, I feel like you have everything at your fingertips whenever you live in a city like Houston, you know. Like, if I want to go to the Apple store, I'm like a block away. You know, if I want to go buy uh, Thai food, it's like two blocks away. You know, if I want to do, I don't even know. Like, you know, like, like if I want to go out on a Monday night and it's 2 a.m., like where do I go? Like, oh, you can go here. You know, like I, There's I think. There's spots open. Yeah, for oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, so I think I love Houston. But the weather is something that I, I'm still getting used to. Oh. But I think it's something that. Yeah. I, it's an acquired taste in Houston. You know, for those of you not from Houston, Houston is very humid, very hot. Very. Like 13 out of the 12 months, it's very hot. You know, and it's, it, like I said, it's acquired taste. I think at this point, I, I don't want to say I love it, but it's, it's, it's something that I can appreciate. Because I went back to Missouri in, in August last year. And it was maybe 65, 70 degrees. And I was like, why is it so cold? Like, what's going on here, you know? 
No, yeah. But because I was used to like 110 degree weather, you know, my body was acclimated at that point. So, right, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Houston's great. I love Houston. I could see myself here for, for a long time. I don't want to say my entire life, you know, because right, like right. I said, it, at the point where I get comfortable, I'm like, mm, yeah, you know, it's and, it's and not our for careers, me. right, right. Way. I mean, our careers are so volatile. I guess you could say, like, one day you have a client, the next day. <laughs> Yeah. You don't have any clients, you know, it's just like, gotta, and then you got to do what's best for you. You know, I think at the end of the day, that's what you got to do. Do what's best for you. Not, and as a Latino, I think it's a little harder because you're like, oh, what's best for my family? You know, what's best for my mom, my grandma, my aunt, whatever, you know, but I think you got to do what's best for you. And that's something that coming from a Latino culture wasn't necessarily engraved in me. That's something that I had to learn, right? you know, and and it's it's paid off. So I think people who are really scared to maybe make that first step or or be you know conflicted that they might disappoint their family. You know, I think if people really wanted you to be happy, they'd be supportive of like exactly. if your decisions. You know, exactly. and if that means moving ten hours away, then so be it. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so right. That's so right. I I, I joke around with my mom because because right now I'm with him, but I'm like. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to California and I'm move or you know or to New York or something. And she's like, "Well, if you do, just let me know so I can go visit you." <laughs> like she doesn't believe me, but but I don't know. But I think I think she would be supportive. When I lived in Austin or in San Marcos, she would visit me. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and, that, and that's another thing. You know, once like my mom came down in April oh, yeah, uh, last I year, that. I and that. she loved Houston. She was like, "This is great." Like I see why you wouldn't want to live in in Missouri. You <laughs> in know, Missouri. yeah, in Missouri, <laughs> good old Missouri. You know, I think it's you get to show them piece of you that's also new you know like houston is new to me it's nothing that my family has ever seen or done or been to you know right. so it's like i feel like a native even though i'm obviously not a native you know right. i've been here you know 15 months maybe so it's it it's there are pros and cons but i mean i i don't think i'd have it any other way yeah wow that's excellent you know a lot of people say like my friend felipe he's probably listened to this he says i'm a houston hater but I don't know. I, I'm not a Houston hater. I I I just prefer Austin. I was gonna say I think you're an Austin lover, not I'm, necessarily a Houston hater, but yeah, you're an Austin lover. I miss Austin so much, but but no, I do appreciate Houston a lot yeah. for the culture, for everything. Oh, for sure. Um, and it's it's always gonna be home. But I think I think when I left when I was 18, I think that's what I, that's how I was feeling. I was feeling like you know it's time for a change. And honestly, the Marine Corps was like my first ticket out of Houston. Ooh. So I I was like. And and my recruiters are like, you could live in California. And I was like, you know what? Hell yeah. Let's go. Well, now it's the time for the closeout Q&A. So I prepared these five questions that I ask all my visitors. And all, uh, you're the first one. So um, I took a stab at these in, uh, on my first episode. Okay. So let's hear your answers and uh, let's let's go from there. So the, all right. the, uh, the first question is, what's the worst job you ever had? Ooh. Oh man. I think the worst job that I've ever had has been at a party supply store. I don't want to say the name, but it's definitely a party supply store. <laughs> um because I started as a seasonal worker at a at this party supply store. Oh my god. During Halloween. So Ooh. on top of it being a very dull, boring job, you know, I had to deal with all these little kids and their mom, literally their mom. 
uh, on deciding on costumes, you know, effects <laughs> for their faces and all this shit. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Wait, I think like, you told me a story about this. Was it the Perry the Platypus or like Phineas and Ferb or something? Fun. Because I had I had drawn a Perry the Platypus on the chalkboard one day. Oh, yeah. So I had a lady walk in and she was freaking out on me. She's like, hey, what's the cartoon? Perry? Perry the Platypus. Yeah, yeah, but the- uh, Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, she was freaking out on me. She's like, hey, you don't have any Phineas and Ferb stuff. I was like, yes, we do. And I showed her and I, we had like a little end cap, you know, just like three or four plates, you know, the, the basics cup. She's like, what is this shit? I don't need this. I don't need any of this. I'm like, well, that's all we got. She's like, well, I want more. And so, like, I mean, that's just the beauty of retail, though. You know, like, some some people are just going to be crazy and freak out for no reason. I'm like, everything you want is right there. What else do you want? You know, like. Man. But, no, I mean, that that was probably. And it wasn't a bad job. It was just very boring. You know, and it was minimum, it was a minimum wage job. Very boring. Very dull. I, I yeah. could probably claw my eyeballs out and it'd be more fun. Oh, man. Yeah, I think anybody that's worked retail can agree to that. Yeah. Because that sounds like such a pain, man. Especially those boring jobs where you got nothing to do and you just have to look at the clock, just tick, tick. I remember we had a, a, a like a little warehouse and I would go back there and just get on Twitter all day. Snapchat, that because that's when Snapchat started. Oh, oh man, I would spend my entire shift just like Snapchatting away. Snapchat. <laughs> Wearing masks, you know, like putting on costumes, <laughs> Snapchatting. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, the second question is, what is your favorite meal to cook and why? All right. I mean, I don't cook a lot of meals, but my favorite one would probably be steak. Steak. Yeah. Wow. I think steak is. Um, I'm very particular about my steak. Right. Uh, and I think I make uh, a pretty mean steak, but not not the best, but definitely very good. Uh, and that's because I get to cook it the way I like it. You know, I get to make as much of it as I want. It's right. cheaper than going to a restaurant, and it's very flavorful. You know, and it's high protein, somewhat healthy. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should try like the impossible steak or something. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go with um, s- num- question number three is say you're independently wealthy and you don't have to work. What would you do with your time? Ooh. Well, that's a very good question. Honestly, I think I would probably be a cannabis connoisseur, you know, like. I would dedicate my enti- eh. <laughs> we're in Texas, you know, but I think I would dedicate my entire time to just learning about weed. You know, I think, oh, wow. oh, man, if I lived in California, I probably wouldn't even be sober like at all. But I think just being so knowledgeable in a plant and and not knowing all the benefits to it and and participating and and learning about those benefits, you know, I think is something that I would. Yeah, I mean, there's a science to that. Yeah, too. oh, for sure. There's a- you know like biology to that i when i went to amsterdam i really saw like there was um there was these weed museums and like weed banks for seeds and all this and i mean i didn't know the difference of of all this weed i I mean for to me i just i was in the military so yeah weed is bad and all this stuff but it's not it's not there's a science to it i mean there's health benefits and it's it's really interesting learning about all that right and i think my goal would be to be high all day, right? Like my my goal would be to like help other people know the benefits of it and see how it can help, them, especially with anxiety and and depression. You know, I think it's 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 a it's a substance. I don't even know if that's the right word, you know, but it's something that can definitely help. You know, this is coming from a socially anxious guy, which I mentioned earlier. You know, so I think that 
that's something that can help a lot more people than it can hurt. You know? Right, right. Okay, okay. So uh, going to question number four, who is someone you look up to and why? It's a very good question, too. Um, I'm all about good questions. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad is someone that I look up to. You know, we talked about dads and being friends, right. you know, but I think that's something that I, I, he's someone that I really look up to because, like I said, he, he moved here from at a very young age, you know, younger than I ever was whenever I moved out of my house and out of my home and I, I to a new country where he, you know, you don't know the language, you don't know anything, you don't even know what a hamburger is, you know. You're right. just like, what the fuck am I, did I get myself into? But you know that it's something that's going to benefit you and the people that follow you, you know. So I, I, I he's someone that... I definitely look up to. He's definitely taught me to be a lot, um, to be mature, you know, to be responsible, to right. be fiscally responsible. Because I think a lot of people, you know, if they have money, you know, they don't necessarily know what to do with it, don't know how to take care of it. And, and that's something he's really taught me. A lot of people would say I'm cheap, he's cheap, you know, but it's... Frugal. Frugal. <laughs> very good word. He's very frugal. Yeah. yeah. And so, That's yeah. important, though. Oh, for sure. You know, I think, especially my age, because I'm like, oh, shit, I'm 26, but, like, I don't have anything to show for being 26. Like, what's going on in my life, you know? But I, we live in different think, times. Do you, you know? think that's, like, because of our culture? Like, because... Kind of, yeah. It is, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Because, like, I get shit from my mom, and she's like, you're, you know, you're... You should have a house by now and a family. And I'm like, no, like you should have grandkids by now. Like, you what know? are you talking about? Exactly. Like, <sighs> no, I think that's definitely a, a cultural thing, and that's something that I've also taught my parents. You know, right? Because they wanted me to get married and have kids by like 20, and I'm like, right, whoa, like, whoa, 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 hold your horses, man! Like, I, I have a life to live. You know, like I want to live my life before I can share it with someone else, and that's that they they had to learn that the hard way that they're right. like oh so we're gonna have grandkids i'm like oh you'll probably have like puppies you know before like <laughs> you have anything you know and if you're gonna have grandkids it's gonna be from my sister you know it's not yeah. gonna be from me anytime soon or maybe even ever right you know and i think that that's something from a cultural standpoint that a lot of if you're latino you know uh, a lot of our parents don't necessarily no, like they they just kind of expect you to, you know, oh, let's say that you did go to college, but like, okay, after college comes marriage, after marriage yeah. comes kids, you yeah. know, but I think we live in a time where we're just kind of chilling, you know, I, like that's all I want to do is, it's just is chill. chill, you know, I want to yeah. live my life, I want to experience, I just moved to a new city, you know, right, like exactly. why the hell would I want to get married, have kids, be responsible, I mean, I'm responsible, you know, but like be more responsible but and it, take care of other people, yeah. exactly, you know, yeah. like. That's not something that's in 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 my plan anytime soon, and I think that's okay. You know, yeah. I think that's our generation, though. That's our culture um, to think you have to be married and settled, but it's it's yeah. I don't think you should. No, not if, if you don't all. want to, you shouldn't. Right? But don't be forced to do exactly. it. Exactly. I think. Yeah. I mean, at yeah. this point, you can kind of do whatever. I mean, exactly. you're, you're if, in, if, in if a you want to do that, do that. Right. Mm. Okay. Uh, so this last question is, uh, what book, movie, or podcast have you read, seen, heard recently, and would you recommend it to somebody, and I guess why? Oh. <laughs> so, <clears throat> podcast-wise, I think I told you about this. Thinking twice. Thinking twice, obviously. Of you know, like Number one, <laughs> one episode, and I'm hooked. That's it, dude. That's, <laughs> that's how I get you. Uh, but no, I mean... I, I think I told you about this, uh, Freakonomics. 
Yeah, you did. That's something. probably one of my favorite podcasts ever because it 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 focuses on a lot of topics, and it it um talks to a lot of people in different industries. You know, high level people. That I mean, I learned so much from them. Um, I, that's one of my favorite podcasts. One of the, I don't watch a lot of movies, honestly, but one of the last movies that I watched was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I fell in love with the cinematography of it. I, oh, wow. The storyline was, was, was okay. like a B plus, right? But I mean, I think the, just the, the, the film was just beautiful. You know, it was wow. beautifully shot. It was great. I haven't seen it. it it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's, yeah. added. it's on key. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of books, oof. I mean, the one that I haven't read this in probably a year, but the one that I really like is Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I don't know if you've read that or not, but, but I've, I, I've heard. I think it, some of my friends is, read oh, that. Man, that, that is, yeah, that's such a great book. I would recommend it to anyone, especially especially if you're trying to move to a new city, if you're trying to go somewhere else. You know, I think that that's a book that can really help you in in your quote-unquote journey, I think it's it's something that um, can really help you find your your calling. You know, I think it, I don't know. You just you just have to read it to really understand it. But it's it's definitely a book that I would reread probably once a year. You know, for the rest of my life. Right. It's, you know, it's I've, good, I've actually heard that. I, I, yeah. People who have read that usually go back and reread it at a later point in their. It's life. a very good book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any anything you're binging on Netflix or Hulu or? Oh man. Narcos uh, season two came out not too long ago. So I haven't watched the first oh, season, but Narcos, what, what is it called? Narcos, Narcos the, Mexico. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I watched the previous one, like all of it. The, I think it's like the Pablo Escobar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Pablo Escobar, and then going to, I think, the uh, Cali Cartel yeah. and all that. I love that entire series. Mexico, it's taken me a while to get hooked on it, but I think that's because I was watching other shows. Uh, right. You know, including the office, which you can't ever you go cannot, wrong with no, it. No, like I, I play. I brought. Like there are people who say, "Oh, I love the office. I've seen it three times." And like, I saw it three times, like <laughs> in my first week. You know, like I probably, I don't even know how many times I've seen that whole series. I don't think. Um, when I mean, when I tell people that I love the office. They're like, oh, okay, but like, I don't, man, I don't think the listeners will have any idea how much we quoted in our, oh, yeah. at our job. It's like a, a daily thing, maybe hourly, you know, just depending on <laughs> the really situation. It really is like an yeah. hourly, like <laughs> some situation will come up and we'll just quote it. Yeah, and you're like, hey, it's like that one time. Oh, and Spongebob, we you, we also used to quote a lot of Spongebob, which is, I think, our generation, you know? Right. But, I mean, that's, that's a completely different story. But uh, in terms of more recent shows, I think... Um, I do watch a lot of Shit's Creek. I think that's that's really funny. It's very oh yeah, you humorous. tell me about that. Yeah, you tell, it's very witty, very witty. Um, I I like that a lot. Uh, and then the the last documentary I watched was the Aaron Hernandez documentary. How'd you like that? I think it was good, but they maybe didn't focus on the right topics. That's you know? that's what I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard it. Like it doesn't have like what they cover for. I don't want to spoil it. I, ha- right. I haven't seen it, but what am I heard? Was was that necessary? It's what it's right, what I keep right. Hearing. It's like how does this Relate. tie back to everything? Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's a well, good documentary if you have like three four hours to to, to, spare? to kill. Yeah, <laughs> but just just know that disclaimer. Okay, okay. Well, Alonzo, thank you very much for coming over to the Brian Murillo Studios, and a huge shout out to Brian Murillo for helping us out. Uh, Brian, you have a you actually have a podcast yourself. What's the name of the podcast for our listeners? Listen to Reason podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Google, um, 
Apple Music. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for having me, man. This is yeah. great. This is fun. This is good, yeah. man. Well, and maybe, I don't know if you could tell, but probably after the, the 20 minute mark, you could tell that we were enjoying our drinks for sure. We, we, yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, join us in a, maybe next week, maybe in two weeks. We'll see. Uh, thanks, everybody. 